0: Okay, so I'm super stoked next because I've got the articles. So here's the process that I've got for writing articles these days. Basically, I just send myself voice notes. But I use Google to be able to translate from speech to text so that it's already transcribed into the message that I send. Super, super stoked. Makes it so much easier. Next step is then to copy and paste it into a Google document, where then it, you know, kind of needs... There's, there's editing and some cleaning up that needs to happen for the most part. And now what I'm saying, because I came to, to, the, to the idea of not the most words, just the right words. And so that's where it's going to be really about fine-tuning each of these into saying cool I'm not using unnecessary words I'm getting to the point and people are able to just move on but now they have the information and that's what's so important I'm not going to get that like straight direct out but that is that's where I think then the other thing is going to be able to be constructing these Friday fives and And then doing something similar, just getting what's the heart of the issue, what do people need to know, and then keep it moving from there. And I think I'm actually going to almost, what do people need to know, and then it's disseminate for conversation. Because at this time, well, you know, and and we'll be able to see how it grows. Well, the idea I think is going to do, is going to be to do, you know, a deep dive. On, on at least two of them every single week. You know, what do I mean by a deep dive? I'm saying, you know, getting up there between three, four hundred words. The rest for the Friday Five, you know, I think maybe less than 120 words. You know, hey, here's a brief of what's happening. Here's a couple of links. There it is. So, yeah, super, super stoked with that, though. Um... Because what the hay bales else? That's definitely the idea of creating prompts for conversation and then providing space for people to have conversation. I think there can be value found in providing such a space around the specific topics of diversity. Um. And, and now I have discerned a path that I am at peace with to find people to work with, which I'm really, really stoked about because I really, really enjoy helping people learn about the world, which is essentially what diversity is. It's constantly relearning and refreshing your perspective on what the world is and what the world could be. It's a fascinating and wonderful, amazing journey. And to help people on that journey well t kaye. <laughs> All right, so like I'm saying, I got the documents. Well, let me see here. Let's take a look, shall we? Um, what I've done is I've actually just decided to combine all the documents into one offering, and it's pay what you want. And so we've got the Indigenous Guide to Diversity. We've got Caleb's Guide to Growing Up. And then we have Canon's Guide to Causality or something like that. I, I'm still playing with that. That's just... Again, it's just a phonetic, alliterative, it's just an alliterative collection of words, you know, that indicates, you know, some sort of mile marker in my head that I can say, okay, cool, this is this is maybe where this conversation is starting off from. Now I've also got another small piece called About Whiteness. And I think that's just a couple hundred words, less than 600 words, that just kind of, yeah, just really gets into into a perspective on whiteness that I think all white people should, uh, should really take a read on. Uh, then, I'm still working on this one, White Supremacist Executive Academy. Um... I got through I, I I got the first read through. I think that one is that's probably just over six hundred words. I gotta figure out exactly where I wanna go. Gotta figure out exactly what the what the point is for that one. Um and then right now also I'm I'm writing the invitation. Uh which is you know which is going to kind of explain, you know, for those interested, you know, what are what are some next steps to get to get more involved and and what what might that what 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 does that look like? Um, then I've got, uh, I've got two more, and it's going to be maybe three, but uh, Latinidad. I've got and and I've got I, I think, I think I just need to go through. Yeah, that one I've got copied on over. I just kind of need to go through it again. Not the most words, just the right words. And really just want to zero in on, on what those could be. Then the next one is Gen Z, Gaza, and the Global South. Uh, no, I think I've actually gone through and I've done the first round of editing with that one. Um and again, I think we're coming in just under six hundred words, and and there's really there's a lot that's happening quickly. There's there is one component that I need to add because I guess when you look at this stuff, and this is kind of what's I, I took a, a a a U.S. history of electronic media, and and then there was another book that I read that called nineteen sixty eight. And, and looking at how media has played out since then, because 1968 was the first year that people saw police brutality. It was, at the, it was at the DNC in Chicago, the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. And this was the first time that people saw on their televisions, in their home, other Americans getting beaten by the police. We are far beyond that now. And Gen Z is seeing, well, also in 68, there was also that and and also uh, uh, first video footage uh, from war, from the front lines at Viet, in, in Vietnam. So that's what happened in 1968. Now again, as I've said, we have transitioned so much further beyond that, which is affecting how... the world is choosing and wanting to move forward and and i think that you know we're going to almost triangulate a conversation around what's happening in gaza conversations that are happening within gen z and conversations that have been happening in the global south perspectives and what does that mean for everyone what, what are the implications of that? It's not that we know, it's not that we can decide, but we can converse, and we can be aware, we can expand our awareness of the possibilities. Me I mean, okay. All right, so here's maybe a revelation for myself. In when building a business, a decision needs to be made. What is the expiration date of that business to be? Do you want it to be when you retire, the business ends, or is it something that you want to be able to pass on? If it's something that you want to be able to pass on, I think to a degree we can see what has happened with legacy businesses. There's degradation almost inherent, I think, by the third generation. I don't know. Rumors. Talking out my armpit. Either way. If one wants to build the sustainable business that can be passed on, you have to build something that doesn't serve the present zeitgeist. You have to build something that is able to be sustained through an evolution of concepts. You have to build... Not a product, but a meta-product, a a, a product that facilitates the production of conceptual products. And I think that's really kind of just been the aim. Um, You know, it starts with sandpaper. Just to be able to get a cleaner look at everything. Then you start deciding where to make the cuts and what what the end products could be. But definitely re- requires conversation and contribution from and with others.